It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hello, everyone. My name is Ben Fairfield, and I am so glad to be here on the success line. I'm excited to be a part of this project moving forward, and I'm even more excited to have our special guest on today, Editor-in-Chief of Success Magazine, Mr. Josh Ellis. Josh, thanks for being with us. Ben, thanks so much for having me. I've been uh, I've been really looking forward to this day um, and this interview for, for a while because we've, we've only kind of had the chance to get to know each other over the last six or eight months since you... Um, took over the reins of success coaching. And, and, um, I, th- I think that the time kind of finally came where it only made sense for success line to be your project, something you owned. So this might be sort of abrupt for some people with the, uh, you know, changing horses in midstream or whatever, um, is, is the, is the phrase I, I want to say uh, before we even get started and introduce you and then, uh, put you to work on coaching me. I want to say thank you to, to Rory Vaden. We are continue to be huge fans of Rory, and we're planning uh, to continue to, to work with him and, and share, you know, so many of the great lessons that he uh, has with with our audiences in all kinds of ways. But you know, sometimes timing is everything, and and um, when we started to think about the editorial board and Rory as our entrepreneurship editor. Earlier in 2021, we didn't have success coaching around, and and this show, the success line, which Rory had hosted, was really about coaching. And now that thing is is up and running and and uh, kicking butt and taking names. And so it's time to to um, really show off what success coaching is all about. And I think you're the man to do it, Ben. So thrilled to 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 be with you and and uh, to for you to to take the success line and run with it. Awesome, man. I, I'm really excited and, and, yes, absolutely grateful to Rory for, for getting this thing started. And we got big shoes to fill, and, uh, and I'm excited for the opportunity and just appreciate the opportunity to, to be on with you today. Like I said, I have, um, you know, I'm going to put you to work and, and we're going to get you to coach <laughs> me uh, by the end of this thing because uh, I need all the help I can get. But you are newer to the success audience than, than, um, some of the folks, myself, maybe, uh, if anybody knows who I am or cares, um, but, but you're, you're one of the newer faces. And so we, we sure. owe it to everybody to introduce you. What's the Ben Fairfield story? <laughs> uh, well, I'll make a, I'll make it very short because I, I want this to be about coaching and, and less about me, but, uh, my background is, uh, is a little bit, uh, interesting. I think like a lot of people, uh, the path I'm on was not one that my guidance counselor ever sat down and said, hey, by the way, you'd be great at this. <laughs> I think like most of us, I, we, we find our, our path along the way and the, the journey and our personal growth. And, and that definitely was my experience. So uh, I'm actually a pilot and an air traffic controller and uh, went to school for that. And September 11th happened halfway through uh, a four-year degree in those disciplines. And so uh, I stayed back a summer to get uh, a second degree in organizational communication, knowing that uh, something was going to change. Didn't know what, didn't have a crystal ball, still don't, wish I did. And 
had bet that things were going to change in that industry. And, and uh, man, did they change. Uh, everything in that industry changed. I still have friends that I graduated flight school with uh, a long time ago who are still working a lot, making a little, and just not happy with what they're doing. So, uh, so my path really kind of took a, a detour at that point. Uh, and that led me back here. I live in North Idaho. Um, I live in Coeur d'Alene. It's a resort town. And uh, just really at that point decided I didn't want to move. I, I had a job offer for air traffic control in Chicago O'Hare. I uh, was born and raised here, did not want to leave here. And so that was my pathway into the real estate space. And, and through that process, uh, I've been a, a licensed agent and broker for 16 years. I ran and built um, large companies, a couple of the largest companies in systems, in big franchise systems. And, and then that led me into personal growth and development and becoming a coach uh, 11 or 12 years ago. And so through that process, approaching about 9,600 hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching time over the years. And so really just found that that's, that's what my calling was. That was my passion. That's my purpose. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> here we are. Uh, January received a call from uh, Glenn Sanford, who uh, at the time had just purchased Success Enterprises. He also owns eXp Realty. And he said, hey, we've got a crazy idea. We want to build a coaching company uh, under this umbrella. And it was, it was just perfect place, perfect time. Uh, and I, it was one of those things... You don't get those opportunities often in life. And so it's one of those things, regardless of what else you're doing, you just put what you're doing down and you say yes, and you figure out the details later. And so fast forward <laughs> a crazy uh, uh, nine or 10 months and, and here we are. So that's, the, uh, that's the, the short version, but really, again, never set out to be in this space, didn't know about this space. I think the space is severely underrated and, and undertrained. And that's one of the reasons we launched Success Coaching is to really elevate what coaching is and what it should be, and then to really raise the bar for those that are in this space to make sure we're really having a, an impact on people. I, I want to take you back a minute because you mentioned that you did have the opportunity to, to be an air traffic controller at Chicago O'Hare, which is, you know, like the busiest airport in the country. That seems like the big leagues. Like It's like getting the call <laughs> from the Yankees and turning them down. Um, how, how were you able to do that? <laughs> you have no idea because back then, uh, when you told the FAA no, you were dead to them if you said no. Like that was not like a, you get to say no and try later. Like you, you get your placement and it's a yes. It's very much like military, right? So, um, so when I decided, made the decision to say no, it was a big deal because it's what I've been going to school for for four years. So I mean, there's a very expensive piece of paper behind me on the wall that I've never professionally used uh, that that was essentially made worthless at that point when I said no. Uh, but when I looked at it, you know, and I think, you know, this is really, this is exactly where a lot of people find themselves often. When we find ourselves in a place where we're not in congruency, meaning our, our passion, our, our drive, our skill sets are not in alignment or in congruency with, with how we're using them or what we're doing with them, then we, we get this weird feeling of being antsy. We get this weird, weird feeling of being unsettled. And I had that feeling. And so it just, it told me that I, that I wasn't in the right path. Could I have done it? Yes. I mean, functionally, of course, that, that's the path I was going down, but I wouldn't have been happy. It wasn't, it wasn't leveraging my skill sets. It wasn't a passion for me. And so I, I had to say no. And I had no idea what was coming next. I didn't have a plan, uh, but I knew that wasn't uh, going to put me in a position to impact others at a, at a big level like I wanted to. And, and so I said no. And that was a big deal because it was uh, you say no to us and you're off the list forever. There is no second chance. There's no do over. There's no, I, I thought, uh, you know, again about it. And I just changed my mind. Just kidding. Game on like Wayne's world. No, it's over. Like that's it. 
And so it was a big deal, um, but I had a conviction at the deepest level that I didn't know what I, I was intended for, but I knew that it wasn't that. I knew that I had a skill set that I wanted to impact people with, and it wasn't going to be found down that path. So you built some businesses, you got into real estate, and you mentioned 9,600, coming up on 9,600 hours in one-on-one coaching. 10,000, if Malcolm Gladwell is to be believed, that's all it takes to make you a master, right? <laughs> You're, you, you will have it down. Uh, what, what have you learned over those 9,600 hours? The biggest thing I've learned is that the the minute I ever think that I'm approaching mastery, uh, that it's ego talking and that, that ego is not our amigo, right? So the thing I've learned is that that you never stop learning. If I'm going to be the best that I can be to impact the world like my heart's desire is to do, I can't ever find complacency. I can't ever allow myself to plateau. I can't ever allow myself to believe that I've I've made it. I've learned all there is to learn. I know all. I learn every single day in coaching conversations with clients. Uh, and so the biggest thing is you, you consciously become aware of how much you don't know, right? And we teach this in our coaching certification, but there's four levels of competency. And really, I think the, the further you go down the path of mastering anything, whether it's coaching or your business or whatever it is that you're working to master, the, the deeper you go down that path, the further you go down, the more you realize how unconsciously incompetent you really are, like how much you just don't know. Uh, and that's exciting because there's always more to learn. There's always uh, more to know. There's always growth uh, that's ahead of, of all of us. And, and as, as long as we keep that perspective, there's, there's no limit on impact and um, you know, our, our, how world, big our world gets. Like We can make it as big as we want it to be as long as we stay in that position of consciously and, and intentionally staying in a growth mode. So people that read the magazine uh, as well as listen to our podcast are, are going to quickly recognize you from the Ask the Coach column. Um, we're going to turn you into like a Ann Landers or Dear Abby or somebody <laughs> somebody like that. Um, I'm but, not a relationship expert. <laughs> the, the reason is like we're, we're really all in on coaching. And I think that um, – so success is coming up on 125 years. And unlike uh, in 1897 when the magazine was founded, it's more important than ever for us to make one-on-one connections with um, the audience members, the readers, and, and and coaching is such a great opportunity to to do that, uh, to really have high-touch relationships and affect people's lives in positive ways. When you're when you're putting out a magazine or a website, you know it's mass communication. You you can't tailor make. The uh, the uh, what you're saying to everybody, and, and that's the advantage of coaching, and that's why we're so excited about it, is because we can really, uh, through the work that you're doing, and and all of our certified coaches, um, can really you know tailor make the teachings for the individual. So I'm so pumped about it, and and really excited to to hear where you take this show, and and just success coaching in general. Well, it, it is exciting, and I, here's here's what I, I want everyone to to hear. The origins of Success Magazine go back to Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill has been one of my, uh, Think and Grow Rich has been a North Star in my personal development world for uh, over a decade. I read it every single year, right? And so what I know to be true about success and and success enterprises and in all facets, not just the magazine, but everything success is and stands for and does, it all revolves around how do we make ourselves, our readers, our community the best versions that we possibly can be, the best that we've been created to be, the best that we have the capability 
to be. And that's the exciting part, because uh, what we believe, it, and I'm going to go off on a rabbit trail here, but this, you got, they got to know where we stand on coaching. The coaching industry is, is absolutely pathetic right now. It's absolutely horrible right now. And what I mean by that is this, Josh, if you go on LinkedIn, 80 plus percent of people are either a CEO or a coach, right? It, those titles used to mean something. They used to be held for people that actually, actually were qualified to have that title. And now they're traded like bubblegum. Like everybody uses those titles. If, if you sell a widget, you can be the CEO of your own company, even if it's never made profit, even if it's not an established business, right? So we, a lot of people have bought into this fairy tale that if, that if I, I name it, I can claim it. If I put the, the thing out there, I'm going to be that person. And the sad truth is that's malpractice. So there's a lot of people uh, having a lot of damage done to them. And, and as a result, there's a lot of damage that's been done to the, the industry of coaching because it's been watered down. And so that was really our uh, our biggest excitement. I wasn't looking for a job. I, I, I was perfectly content doing what I was doing. However, uh, I feel so convicted at the root and the base of who I am that that we have to change what it is to be a coach. We have to change or elevate what it means to be a coach. And there's no better brand to do it with and through than success, in my opinion. And so that's really what we're doing. I mean, it may sound harsh, but we are attacking the coaching industry. We're going after the people who are just playing coach, who, who aren't taking it seriously, who aren't uh, working constantly to grow their skill set because they're doing more damage than they are good. And they need to either level up and come with us on this journey and increase their skill set so that they can be equipped to have a maximum impact or they need to get out. Uh, but either way, that's our objective is to really just elevate that entire industry so we can really elevate the world. What do you try and bring then to each individual that you coach, both you know in, in practice and here on the success line? A coach, this is very often misunderstood. It's a great question. Coaching is not telling. Mentoring is telling. Training is telling. Coaching is asking deeply rooted, powerful questions in order to elicit the responses that the person already has inside of them. Like we believe and hold to the, the idea that we are a holistic coach, meaning Josh, you are not just Josh Ellis, manager or editor-in-chief, rather, of Success Magazine. You're also a husband. You're a father. You're a son. Like You wear a lot of ball caps, right? We all do. We all are more than, than just one facet of how we show up in the world. And the problem with coaching, by and large, especially when the coach is doing more telling than they are asking and listening, we're only coaching to that one part of who the person is. And, and you've seen this before, Josh. There are people who are that appear, appear to be crushing it in one area of their life. Maybe professionally, they just look like they're killing it. And yet multiple other areas of their life are absolute dumpster fires, right? And the problem is if we aren't coaching to the whole person and we're just telling people what to do, we're just giving them advice, well, that's not coaching. And there's a time and place for that. We all need a mentor. We all need training. Like there's nothing wrong with those things. But coaching rather, coaching is asking incredibly powerful questions. You know, one thing I've always said is you can tell the impact of a question. You can tell how powerful a question was by the silence that is found right after it. And oftentimes coaches are so busy filling the silence because it's uncomfortable, right? You and I as humans, we don't like silence. It's uncomfortable. However, there have been coaching conversations where it's been silent for 10, 11, 12 minutes. And if I jumped in and said something just to hear myself talk or, or said something just to kill the silence to make me feel better, I'm robbing that person 
of the development that's happening in that moment. And so what I bring to every call, it starts first and foremost with, with putting my, my ego aside. If I'm doing more talking than listening, then that means my focus is on me, not on the person I'm talking to. So I need to be listening more than I'm talking. I need to be asking powerful questions. Uh, and then I need to make sure that, that I'm fully present uh, in these coaching conversations. I mean, we've all had coaches. You've had a coach. I still have a couple coaches. And you can tell when you have a bad coach that's not fully present. If they're doing three other things or they're checking an email or, you know, you're asking a question or you're making a statement and they're just doing the yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Like they're not fully present. So, so every time we come into to this call with, with people we're going to be coaching, every time I'm on a, a private call with a one-on-one client, it's being fully present. The only thing matters in that moment is that person. And, and I'm doing my best when I'm asking powerful questions and then listening to what they're saying. And oftentimes, more importantly, what they're not saying. It's such an individual thing. You know, you're not, um, you're not laying the same spiel on every client, every person you talk to. And so as people think about listening to the success line week after week, I, I've always liked it from a voyeur standpoint. Uh, uh, but what are some of the ways that you think that, you know, it's, it's valuable for people to hear answers to other people's problems? Yeah, so <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun, right? So what I know to be true for myself and for everyone listening is that we're all on a journey. We're at different points in that journey. However, we're all on a journey. Now, some of us are intentionally moving forward in that journey and others are being dragged along by life. But, but we're all on a journey. We're all on a path. And that's a path of, of growth and, and it's changed by choice or changed by force. And uh, a lot of people in COVID times, they face change by force. Their world was changed, not because they wanted it to be, not because they chose for it to be, but because life happened and that happens sometimes. However, what I can tell you is coaching people throughout that process, those who were intentionally on this path, intentionally making change, intentionally pursuing personal development and growth, intentionally choosing to be accountable in a coaching relationship. It didn't make it easier for them. What I can tell you though, is it made it more profitable and, and their businesses came out stronger as a result of it because their mindset was already in the, the growth and the opportunity mindset versus the, the victim and the, uh, you know, the, the woe is me type of a mindset, which is human, that, that's fine. But uh, we talk about it often, you can have a 30 second celebration or a 30 second funeral. The problem most people get into is when they stay in either place too long. Right. So it's, it's absolutely powerful to hear other people's stories, questions, challenges, because if you haven't had that specific challenge or a version of it, you're going to at some point, you'll have an iteration of it in your life or in your business. And so hearing other people ask questions sometimes brings things to mind that you consciously weren't aware of that were going through your, your subconscious mind that were buried down there that you were wrestling with. And you, you maybe didn't even have an awareness of, um, I, I can tell you that as a coach, we have a number of some of the top coaches in the country and I have conversations with them on a weekly and sometimes daily basis. And what I can tell you to be true for a lot of us is we learn more oftentimes by being the coach than the people being coached learn. And it's not to say we're not helping these people, but, but we can be a sponge. We get to, to think through and experience different highs, different lows, different thought processes. And when we're coaching these folks and asking these questions, we're coaching ourselves at the same time. So I think that's the benefit of a format of a show like this is uh, we all get to benefit from the experience of others. We get to learn from others' experience. People have gone before us. Success leaves clues. And so if I can learn from somebody else's experience before I, I show up to that point in the path, 
Well, that means I probably should be able to get through it faster when it shows up because I'm at least aware of it now. So I think there's a lot of advantage to, to having this kind of a format. Speaking of learning from other people's experiences, I got to say, like just getting to know you and some some of your backstory that you didn't even talk about yet, but but I'll, I'll bring it up. Like the decisions that you've made in your life, like I want to continue to live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, I, I, you know, there was maybe a, another dream at some point, but you're like, I love it here. I want to raise my family here. Um, th- that's very cool to me that, that there was a conscious point. Um, where you're like, this, this is a great place for my kids to grow up. This is a great place when just driving around to see the scenery, um, to, you know, again, we, for, for people who don't know your whole story yet, tell us about your family and, and just living in Coeur d'Alene. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so I was born and raised here, um, uh, knew for a long time that I, I loved it here. I love the outdoors. Uh, I'm a big fly fisherman. We, we hunt, we fish, we we hike, we backpack. So um, if people aren't familiar with this area, that is like what we do here. So, uh, you know, it's target rich environment for those activities. So uh, I knew from a, a young age that I wanted to be here. And when I went to school, I got the placement offer for Chicago. It really made me kind of do a, a deep soul search, if you will, like kind of an assessment of what's really important. Right, because I knew that there was a pathway there where I could make okay money. It, it wasn't amazing money comparatively, but it was better than my, my folks had made, and it was better or bigger opportunity than a lot of people I knew. And so it was appealing, right? It, but everything comes at a cost. And I think that was the biggest lesson I learned early on was that every decision comes with a cost. Now, there, there's upside to decisions as well, but people oftentimes lose sight of what the actual expense is. You don't get a benefit without there being a cost. And so when I looked at that, I said, okay, I can make that decision and go that path. And what's the cost? So the cost is I don't have the same quality of life for my, my kids, which I didn't even have at the time, but um, I wouldn't have that same quality of life available to them. I wouldn't have the same quality of life. And then, then you, you stack those next to each other. What's that worth? Right. And so for me, um, I didn't have the answers, but I knew that it was worth more to me than a, a potential opportunity. And I live in a resort town. So there, there's not a lot of tech jobs. There's not a lot of high paying jobs. And this was before remote work, right? And so it was, you know, you take yourself back to that time. It was I'm not old, but I'm kind of old. It was a few years back, right? And so the landscape of the economy and the job situation was very different. And so it was, it was a, a sobering moment. Uh, I knew I needed to make the decision, but it was a sobering moment to make the decision that, that I'm going to plant my flag here. I have no idea how, <laughs> and I'm going to figure it out. Uh, and, and so again, though, that, that, that taught me another, just one more way or one more lesson of, of how important decisions really are and how flippantly I think a lot of us make decisions, myself included, you know, we don't weigh all the costs. We don't take the appropriate time to really evaluate what's the best decision for me. And so, uh, fast forward, it, it's been the best thing I've ever done. I get to, to live here. I have an office downtown Coeur d'Alene. I live in Hayden about 20 minutes North. So I get the best of both worlds. I have three boys, uh, 12, 10 and eight. Um, I have a beautiful wife. We we backpack and hike and fish, and we just we do all things North Idaho. And and so as a result, looking back, like man, I'm really glad I made that decision, and I'm really glad I learned from mentors at the time to really take the time to process the weight of the decisions that I was making because they have ripple effects. It's a working life, career, business by design, but it's also just a life by design, uh, and getting really clear on what it is that you want out of this. Um, singular experience that any of us will ever have. Do you fly? I do. I, I don't uh, sense the kids were, were very, very young. Um, 
When I got home, I could fly for about $170 an hour, including Avgas. And now that same plane is a little over $250 an hour without Avgas. So I have a lot of other experiences I do with the boys that I'd rather spend the money on. And um, you know, it's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful place, whether you're in the air or on the ground. It's an incredible place to be. Um, and it's one of those, like you said something, life by design. I think there's something to that as well. I think a lot of times we make as humans, and I'm in part of this, not just people listening, but we make decisions based on scarcity, right? And so there's two ways to look at the world, abundance or scarcity. And a lot of people make decisions based on scarcity. If I, if I don't go to Chicago O'Hare for this opportunity, then I won't have that salary. And there's a part of that that's true. I didn't have the salary because I turned the job down. And uh, when I, I made a conscious decision, a values-based decision that for me was the right decision that I, I was going to stay here and I would figure it out, money shows up. Like The money has never been the hard part. And I think when people figure that part out, the world opens up. And it's not to say that it's easy. It's not at all. You have to work hard and you produce value and you will get paid in response to producing that value. However, the, the creation of, of money and the income is not the hard part. The hardest part for most people is being able to make those tough decisions. Uh, and then once you do that, well, all of a sudden, now you go into creative mode. You, you figure it out. You find a way. You find a path. And then you get to further down the path. You look back and you go, man, that was a really great decision. I'm really glad I did that. Um, and again, I probably would have been fine if I would have decided to move to Chicago. But would it have been the same quality of life? I don't think so. So I would be a total idiot if I if I took this opportunity and and didn't uh, ask for coaching from from one of the best. <laughs> um, but I am going to be the uh, the difficult client, and maybe there's some people listening to us right now who can't like really put a finger on one specific problem that I need you to solve. Life's pretty good. I'm excited about my job. I have a you know beautiful and young growing family, and uh, in general, I'm pretty happy. Um, so I don't, I don't know what I want you to fix. And yet here we are. How do you, how do you even begin to, to like pull that out of me? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a great question because, uh, nobody, nobody gets up in the morning excited to go tackle the mediocre. I don't know about you, but I nothing about just having average or mediocre. Anything excites me. Like your wife didn't marry you um, because she she dreamed of marrying an average or mediocre husband, right? Your your kids aren't going to be excited that you know, you're not this, but they're no kids are excited that someday they're going to have an, an average or a, a mediocre parent. Uh, and so so in, in aid in all of us, we none of us want to settle for average or mediocre. However, it's interesting because I, I do the same thing. We all find ourselves at time going, meh, it's okay. It's like, oh, hold on, hold on. We have to go deeper there, right? Because if it's just okay, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but what could it be? And that's the question I always start with with folks when they give me that kind of an answer or they're not really sure. It's like, okay, great. I'm glad it's okay. It's better than being bad. What could it be? Like, what would make it amazing? And when we go through the process of, of deciding what would make it amazing, like that's when we start to see change. And one of the tools we use for that. Uh, is the success wheel. And everyone can get a copy of it for free. It's a PDF download. If you go to successwheelchallenge.com, it'll be me emailed to you. Put in your email address. We'll send it to you instantaneously. It's right there. But we developed the success wheel. It's kind of like a life wheel, but we went a little bit deeper. You'll see like we went two levels deeper in, on all areas of life. And it's taking people through that process, Josh, like when we're we're faced with folks who say, you know what? I just feel like, like it's not as good as it could be. I just don't, can't put my finger on what it is. 
we take them through that exercise and that really begins to uncover areas of life that maybe subconsciously they were aware of, but, but consciously they were not, that we need to focus some, some effort on. I think one of the things for me that I, I'm obviously passionate about the work that I do at Success and specifically like helping people be their best and in, in, in all of the ways that we try and do it. Um, but love my job as much as I do. I, I love my my kid and, and I have another one on the way even more, you know, no, uh, no apologies for that. But I'm I'm really interested in how to, um, you know, in fatherhood in, in terms of like, you know, bringing what I know from the luck of this line of work that I'm in and all the great lessons that I've been exposed to and the amazing people I've gotten to talk to. Um, into something that uh, benefits my kids and, and allows them to be their best. At the same time, like I'm scared of, of you know, turning them into science experiments or, or something like that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like Earl Woods or, or, you know, somebody who is, is just demanding of, of them. I, I want them to be themselves. And so um, I, I, I have a little bit of, of an interest, I think, for the long term in my career, and I, I don't know when the time will come, but but maybe um, side project of, of like, um, you know, marrying personal development and success type content with uh, parenting and fatherhood, uh, because, you know, I, I know that in business, we're best at building a company that serves the person that we used to be. And, mm. and there was a time not too long ago where... Um, I was excited about becoming a dad, but scared to death about it. Like not just not confident that, um, you know, I, um, would, would, uh, you know, be good at it or, or serve my kids. And so it's maybe a long-term type dream, but, but something where I, I want to kind of, um, learn to identify how I can, how I can do that in a way that serves my kid and maybe serves other dads. Sure. I, I think that's awesome. So, so let me ask you a question because you said something at the beginning of that 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 was intriguing. I think we need to. I just need to get more context. So, beginning of that that statement, you said, "I want to take what I do," and I'm paraphrasing, but I think I'm close. I want to take what I do at work and what I've learned, and transition that or transfer that or you know impart that to my kids. Is that a, a fair, uh, you know, kind of a, a recap of what you said in that that first part of the statement? It would be, yes, it would be a total waste of, of, you know, um, this opportunity to have studied happiness and health and growth and purpose and, um, leadership and, and all of the awesome, um, topics that, that we talk about in the magazine, um, uh, and, and all of the people that I've had the chance to interview and learn from sure. if I didn't carry that on in, you know, in, in a way that made it valuable to, to my children. Okay. So uh, that's awesome. And, uh, you could do that with, with general public, but you specifically mentioned with your kids, like transitioning that to your kids. So what's, why is that important? What, what made you bring up the kids there? Why is that important to transition what you're learning to them? I feel a lot more responsible for, for them. Um, that, that, uh, you know, people, people are at the newsstand, they can take success or leave it. They can choose to read Forbes or fast company or whatever. Um, but my kids don't have a choice of father. So, um, so I'm going to have okay. to, uh, 
you know, I feel obligated to, to bring everything to the table that I possibly can for them. Okay. And why is that important? Oh, uh, cause I love them. Yeah. Why, why, why else? else? Right. Why else? <clears throat> um, I, I want them to, to get as much out of life as they can. Okay. And why is that important to you? Well, this is, this is going to be a, a, you know, snake eating its own tail. Cause I love them. Right. I, I, um, you know, there have been, um, you know, there were obviously like people in my life, my own dad, um, who offered me that same, um, love and, and, you know, that same gift of, um, you know, helping me to, to be my best. Who knows if I got all the way there, sure. never will probably won't, but, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's like being in the Starbucks line and, 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 uh, having the person paying for the coffee of the person behind you because the person in front of you did, right. You got to kind of yeah. pay it forward a little bit. Okay. So that, that's awesome. So obviously that impacted you, your dad taking time and, and doing the similar things with you. So what did that mean to you? Like your dad, looking back on it, your dad taking that time to, to impart wisdom that he's learned onto you, obviously that made an impact, but what impact did that make? Why was that? Why does that stand out to you? Oh, I mean, it's probably the closest, um, you know, relationship that I've ever had with another person to this point. I mean, my kids are young, so hopefully I, I can rival that at some point, but even my wife, you know, it's a different relationship, but my dad was a single dad. And, and so it was just me and him for, um, you know, basically the entirety of our upbringing and my upbringing until I went to college. And so, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, have a much, um, closer relationship with somebody who is a role model and a provider and, a um, you know, just, you know, as a kid, you're, you're a single parent is your, your everything, your, you know, your sun and your moon. Um, so, um, you know, I, 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 I think that, um, I want to, I, I want my kids to at some point be able to look back and, and say that I was, um, you know, every bit as important to them as, as my dad was to me. Okay. So, so down the road when they're older, what would that mean to you when they get to the point of being able to say that? Like, what does that ultimately mean to Josh? Uh, it, it will mean that, you know, I, 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 in a way that a dream came true, right. That I, I, uh, was able to give them what I, what I wanted to, what they needed from me. Um, and, um, you know, that, uh, that my mission was fulfilled. I, I don't know if there's, you know, too much more important work that, that any of us can do than as parents to, um, allow our kids to, be the best version of themselves so that they can, uh, you know, bring more to the people around them and their communities and the world in general. And I think that it's the most maybe tangible way that we can, um, Im improve, you know, the luck of, of this species or the planet is to just, um, you know, make generational progress of, of continue to churn out better and better people. I love that. You're talking about legacy. Right. That, that lasts longer than you and I and, and anyone else at that point. It, it carries on when we're gone. So that, I think that's awesome. So wanting to transition that, wanting to impart that on your kids for the reasons that we've covered. So 
how, how would you functionally do that? Like, what are some ways you could see that happening? You know, I, I think as much as anything, I just have to always, um, make time for them. And it's sometimes it's, it's tough in a, especially in a remote working environment when there's always a, another email coming in or a, uh, chat to respond to or a text message. And, and, um, there's a lot to do. And, and I, like anybody get tempted to, to look at my phone when I should be, you know, having, giving my kid undivided attention. So it's, it's, uh, being present uh, and being interested and, and, um, you know, just being, um, being there and bringing as much of myself to each moment as I can. Um, I think I can do probably a better job of that. And it's maybe the most important thing I can do. So, and I agree because time proximity is power, right? And time is required for proximity. So how do you set up a winnable game for yourself in order to make that reality? To, to improve. You're not going to go from uh, wherever you are to a 10, but if we're going to just improve one or two on the scale of one to 10 over the course of the next few months, like what does that have to look like? How do you set up that winnable game? Simple solution. And maybe it's, so maybe it's the best one, right? Occam's razor is just like when I'm around my kid, which is usually at the end of the work day and she goes to bed at, a, you know, eight o'clock, I'm still going to be awake for a few hours after that. So it's not it's not the end of the world if I just like silence the phone or put it in the other room or um, shut the laptop and, and uh, pay attention to what's important to me um, right there. I mean, that's, I mean, it kind of makes it automatic. So how would that practically show up in your calendar? I just block it off and, and say, do not disturb, um, you know, team and kid time. I have, I have great respect for, uh, there's somebody on the team who just schedules like massage or workout during, during his day. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm jealous, but I'm not going to, uh, interrupt the massage. I just know better than to do that. And so, especially if it's like at the end of the day, cause my kid goes to daycare, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, we pick her up at five 30, she goes to bed at eight. It's only two and a half hours at the end of the day that I really get to spend with her. It's not hard to ask people to leave me alone for two and a half hours. Okay. So we want to have an impact. We want to transition the knowledge you're learning and impart it to your kids. Cause we're not just talking about now we're talking about going forward. One of the ways you said you could do that is to block the time and be intentional about that time being focused and present in the moment, wherever you are, be there, right? That whole saying. So, so one of the ways you could do that, you said was blocking in your calendar. Uh, how else could you make it happen? From an intentionality standpoint, I mean, you're always looking for new ways to like keep them entertained, right? But but then also um, to get value out of that time. It's not it's not enough to just like um, you know I could I could just tickle her all the time and she would laugh and that would be fun. But like you know I wanted to learn something too, and so um, you know it it wouldn't be a huge lift to think about like scheduling. Well, I'm going to read spend this much time reading to her. I'm going to, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, go for a walk and, and point out, you know, this is a tree. That's a bird. This is a squirrel. My kid's really little. Um, <laughs> so, she's not 20. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> um, but uh, those sorts of things where for this to begin with, you know, we're just learning about the world around us. And then over time, 
you know, maybe think about specific conversations that could be had that, that could create sort of some of those values that are, that are key to personal development and people that are uh, always getting better and, and, um, um, you know, able to develop, um, you know, their own lives and, and as, as they want around their, you know, their life by design, maybe just sort of, um, thinking about what some of the lessons are that, that I can, um, you know, insert for her and, and then the, the kid on the way too. Absolutely. That's as, that's as they get older, right? We, we still got to figure out, you know, what, what a tree is, but, um, absolutely. It's, but it's creating the habit. That's what you're talking about is carving out the time and creating the rhythm and, and the, the tradition, if you will. So I, I think you're, you're spot on. And just to, to give you like a little bit of framework here, when you were dating your wife, my guess is since you're married that you intentionally pursued her. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you one funny story. I'm, you know, I'm one of these millennials, right? And, uh, and so I, I don't, I don't like phone calls. I, I hate, I hate calling people on the phone and I hate when people call me. And, and yet like after our first date, I set a time on my calendar. It's like, call her, right? Don't just text, but call, <laughs> call her so that she knows you really do like her. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've done, you've done this before. I, I suppose I have maybe not, uh, maybe not w- realizing it, but, uh, yeah, intentionality is, is something that, you know, you can bring to your personal life as much as, as, um, you know, your professional life. Absolutely. So, so lots of things you could do. What will you do? Um, well, if, if you want to check my calendar, maybe five minutes after, after this recording is over, <laughs> then you'll, you'll see that I'm going to be busy between five thirty and eight, um, tonight and then future weekdays. Um, that's, that's such an obvious thing that I'm embarrassed. I hadn't thought of it yet. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, I think that it, I would have to consider like what the syllabus is of how to, how to like make, um, you know, um, success type principles, um, something that kind of comes natural and, um, to teach. But, you know, I, if I took some time to, to, to spend with that and, and I, I, I should, um, and I could, I could probably identify like when the right time to, um, you know, shoehorn in a lesson about, leadership is or, uh, or productivity or, or, uh, um, you know, what age is, is the, is the right one to, to, um, talk about, um, you know, understanding high leverage activities or, or, or what have you. Sure. Um, and it may be a while, so I got some time to think about that, but, um, it's, it's, there's no reason not to, uh, give it my full effort. Right. So that was my next question. And my last one, every time I'm coaching someone is, so based on what you said you wanted, based on what you said you could do, based on what you said you will do, how important is it that a week from now when we're talking that you can say, I got all this done on a scale of one to 10, how important is it? Oh, it's a 10. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I I think I need some time to really understand like, you know, what age group is the, is the right uh, point to, to teach some things. Um, 
and in some cases it might be a, a long time from now, like 10 or 15 years when they're older and can understand, uh, these sorts of things. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a 10 to, to, to bring my whole self to, uh, offer to, to my family. Well, the beautiful part about that is now you've just, you've just told everyone listening to this, that, that you made a commitment to exactly what you were going to do, and they can absolutely reach out to you to see if you did it, because you just said it was a 10, which means it's going to happen, and I trust that it will. Yeah, I just don't expect to, to get a reply but between <laughs> 5.30 and 8 Central. <laughs> that time is blocked off, absolutely. Yep. I'm busy, spoken yeah. for. <laughs> I love it, man. So was that helpful? That was helpful. I, I, I think that, uh, I used my time wisely here. I, I will not, uh, I will not, I will not say that, uh, that I, I didn't get what I came for. I love it, man. And that's, that is again, just to take stepping out of our coaching conversation. Uh, who did the work there? You know, we both did. You brought something to the table. I mean, but yes, you, you, you just kind of kept like, just stab the knife in a little bit deeper and open the wound up. And, um, no, it, it, the answers were there all along, right? And I, I think that's probably what you're searching for in, in every coaching session is to just pull what we already know out of ourselves uh, and, and make it make it obvious. The beautiful part about being a coach is we get to go along on a journey with people and simply help them remove the the fog or the obstacles that are in their way of a clear perspective of what they know they need to do, right? And so it's it's the power of this conscious versus subconscious mind. Our conscious mind can only handle a few things at one point in time. Our our subconscious mind is where everything else lives, and so we have the answers. We just have to get some help sometimes to bring them from the subconscious or the unconscious mind up to conscious awareness. And then all of a sudden now we're off to the races. So, so I love that. And that, that's my whole point. You, as the person being coached, did the work. I just ask the questions. I just help guide or facilitate the conversation. I'm a tour guide, if you will. Um, change happens with the individual when it's done correctly. And um, I just, I'm excited to, uh, to see what comes of this for you because I know it is important to you because I, I know you outside of this and I, I know that family is important to you. And so um, I feel honored to be able to have had that conversation and see where it goes with you. Well, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it and uh, I'm excited about the success line. I'm, I, I know that you're going you're gonna to create some results for, for, for a lot of people. That's the idea. Otherwise, it's just a time for us to talk and we want it to be impactful. That's what success is about. Uh, and that's what all of us intend going forward. So I believe there's a way for folks to apply and to get on the show and they can send us their questions, send us what they need help on. And we're going to take those into the queue and, and see how many people we really can help move further in their process, further and faster in the direction they want to go. Yeah, definitely. So the, the, uh, um, th this, this show is, is your show. If you're listening, don't, don't, don't be shy. Like if you heard the, um, what I just went through, then, um, the opportunity is for you too. So I hope that, um, I hope that you'll listen, uh, or, or apply. So the place they go to do that, Josh, is success.com forward slash success line guest. They can fill out the application to get their obstacle or challenge or opportunity to come on with us and get that figured out. We want you. We want you. 
All right, and that's our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Success Line for yourself, for others. Please share this podcast wherever you listen and make sure to apply so you have a chance to be on with us. Until next time, we'll see you then. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.